plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. We now begin Warriors Plus Minus, the newest, latest episode for you. Unfortunately, we have to tell you that we do not have some European center on on our staff. You know, it's just us four. We didn't hire anybody to come teach up, you know, Ethan, teach him how to pot, right? There's nobody, <laughs> there's nobody to groom young Slater. It's just, it's I was just hoping somebody would jump in with some generic, terrible Eastern European accent as you were saying that. I was, I was mulling. You're the like, accent guy. Hello. Yeah, it would be you. It would have to be you. You're the accent you. guy. You're the accent Hello, guy. Marcus. Let's make good basketball. I'm here for this. <laughs> you've, been wait, you've been waiting for the Borat. So Ethan was hoping something, and then he fulfilled his own hope. It's amazing he can do that. <laughs> I did. Uh, we, we've got Tim Kawakabe. We've got Anthony Slater. We've got Ethan Strauss. Let's begin it with a question. Uh, the Warriors have hired a new – I'm going to botch, botch his name, I know. Dihan Milojevic. I, I mean, I'm trying here. Dihan Milojevic. The question is I have for you guys is, who are they hired for? Wiseman or Alan Smilagic? Smilagic's personal coach. Smilagic doubling well, down. Gonna, he's going to have about twenty-five days to coach Alan Smilagic. <laughs> Double down on the Geech. I love it. I love or it. Or does it mean Boban's former coach is going to bring Boban to the Warriors? Oh no, they're they're going to get they're yeah they're they're going to get Jokic. That's what it, it's all in the works now. The steps are being taken. They're going to get Jokic here. You would be perfect for that. I mean, <laughs> to answer your question, like this, it's not completely a Wiseman hire um, because, for, I mean, they've been interested in this guy for a while, and he's apparently pretty coveted around the league. But it is like that is going to be his uh, most important assignment uh, if Wiseman's still around after this summer, which you know, obviously at this point. I mean, we can point out that yeah, Jaron Collins had been kind of working with a big man, and he is not. He is leaving the the, the staff, so. Certainly was a need to for pursue a better yeah. opportunity. Yes, yes. I'm not sure what that is, but probably for a number one assistance job somewhere, or maybe get in line for a college job. Put in really good years here. A really good guy. I think we all know Jaron. Steve Kerr wanted to mix things up. He wanted to freshen things up as a staff, and so this is one move. I don't know if there are other moves coming. Slater might know, or or, or... yeah. I mean, there's reshuffling coming. Yeah, for, there's like a lot happening. Actually. So so Jaron Collins leaving. The bench leaves a vacancy on the front of the bench, right? That number two, from my understanding, this you know guy is not coming in to be a front of the bench number two guy. He's coming in very much with a developmental priority. Obviously, again, I hear one the- of Kami's uh, old friends might be coming back to the bench. Jerry Dear Gregorio. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's going to join us on the podcast. He's going to be my co-podcast guy. And our next guest. No, just... <laughs> that was a deep cut. He's coming in to really kind of try to beef up the development, particularly, you know, Wiseman. 
and with his kind of more unique approach, I, you know, I don't think there's this expectation that James Wiseman is going to be throwing Nikola Jokic passes and by season three. But you know, this guy, I actually just read a really good Jackie McMullen story on him and just like some of the stuff he did with with Jokic as a younger player. With like apparently he's like an expert with footwork. He was like a star, a Serbian star. They call him the Serbian Barkley when he played. I mean, he was like the MVP of the leagues over there. Like he's accomplished. And from talking to people behind the scenes, they really like the personality too apparently he's like pretty you know fun guy so that's the addition that we know of at this point marcus seemed to be alluding to again i'm it's not going to be in the collins place on the bench marcus seemed to be alluding to something from what i'm told there's some talks about ron adams returning to the getting back in the mix more i don't know if it's going to be front of bench I, i don't know if he can if he can handle it all i'm finding the through line because jaron very smart guy and somebody who, if you ask him about the other team's pick and roll coverages, if you ask him about their strategy, he can rattle it off. Uh, he can give you that information. But to me, it looks like the focus is on player development. That's the big shift. And they tried to do it last season. And it seems with the shakeup that they are not happy with the results. Maybe it's unfair to put that on Jaron or whoever else. I, I don't think we've heard the last of the shakeup, I should say. That's the big takeaway I'm getting from this is that they are disappointed with their developmental results. Wiseman is part of that, and that is becoming an inordinate focus. And maybe maybe we we can draw certain conclusions off this. Maybe we can think to ourselves, hey, as much as we think the Warriors should perhaps do a trade, trade at least one of these high picks they have coming to them, maybe they see it different. Maybe they want to do it all from within. Draft another nineteen-year-old big man. Oh yeah, just have a whole a whole group of them. <laughs> that would make Steph and Draymond really happy. <laughs> I wonder how much of this too is uh, just probably getting better with international scouting. I mean, their uh, their European crop hasn't been <laughs> hasn't been good. You didn't like Nedovich? Nedovich was awesome. European Derrick Rose. I mean, from uh, Kuzmich. I mean, they've had a lot of misses across the pond. So. I wonder how much of this is, uh, you know, a guy who can help them in that department and, and checking out who's better and scouting, et cetera, et cetera. You kind of got to be better in that area if you're going to maximize some of these picks. I think that, I mean, is this this guy's a young guy they're bringing in, Slater? Can he, 44. Okay, so, you know, I was just, I was talking to Slater when we were talking about Collins, even like, he was important in the scrimmaging, right? I mean, like, when guys are getting banged up, he was out there banging around with players, and you know, making sure that they you know had somebody to bump with on the on the low post. Like I think they kind of so need some more of that. than his age. Here's what matters: he's six foot seven and two hundred fifty four pounds. There you go. There you is, go. Uh, the listed height and weight. Also, the strangest head. free throw motion I've ever seen in my life. As I watch his highlights, incidentally, you guys should check this Stranger out. Stranger than Rick Barry. I mean, that's pretty pretty strange motion. I've seen other people do what Rick Barry does. Uh, this guy. He walks backwards as he shoots the free throw. He backpedals as he shoots the free throw. So look up his highlights because in one of these games where he scores a lot of points, because I'm just watching this. First takeaway is he does look a little bit Jokic-y around the paint, and there's a lightness, and the footwork is impressive uh, just as a player. So that was the one takeaway, and the other takeaway was we need to ask him about this, this free throw thing. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of questions. Ethan, you got it. All good. Wait till wait till Smiley Geach starts starts doing it himself, and then it starts it lights up lighting up the league. Ethan is right. It it is odd. 
I mean, I think the big question for him in the first year will be, can he develop a different kind of big than, you know, Ethan saying he kind of has more like the jokic style with maybe some passing. That That's more of who he was as a player. And Jokic, obviously, we've seen what he's become. Wiseman's not really going down that path. Now, unlocking some of that within him will make him a much better player you know like we've seen there was a few passes this year i remember one time he had like kind of like a back door to draymond that you could see wow you know if, if that could become a regular part of his game he suddenly becomes a more modern big who, who can do a little bit of playmaking so you want to unlock that but at the same time i think we all know like they need to like really get him good at what he already like should be good at right this was like dive into the rim oh rebounding pick and rolls and uh is this guy going to be able to develop that kind of his game Slater and I brought it up. DeAndre Ayton in these playoffs, if 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 Wiseman can get anywhere near that net by the end of next season or even in two years, then they got something because Ayton's been tremendous in these playoffs. Uh, if they didn't have him, they'd be in some. I mean, they'd be Dario Saric or something playing center. And DeAndre Ayton is was a great matchup. Played really great against Jokic. And only seems like he's getting better. And Wiseman isn't there yet. <laughs> There's obviously differences between the two. Uh, I, I think Aiton is just sturdier, more polished product, and particularly as a post defender. But one thing I have liked about Aiton, which I see like a Wiseman path for, is like he's really just simplified his shot diet from when he was a rookie. I mean, you know, he's trying mid rangers different stuff. Like now, I mean, you look at in the playoffs, he's shooting like eighty percent, seventy five percent, because it's just everything's at the rim. Everything's like I was saying, either offensive rebounds or cuts he's getting out in transition he's beating bigs down the floor doing stuff that if Wiseman does next season he could shoot like 72 percent and score 18 a game on just bunnies basically um and you know one thing that DeAndre Ayton has that James Wiseman doesn't is Chris Paul you know it's a different to play with Steph Curry you're doing a lot of different things as a big than you are it's like I'm just running like a very organized Chris Paul pick and roll, but he could look at that shot diet of eight and I think and, and try to mimic that. So you're saying don't shoot the 20, 21 footers is what you're saying basically. I mean, you could make an argument he should just because he's playing alongside Draymond Green, it would be good if Wiseman like was spacing out to three at times, like you know, even in the corner, which would be different. Like Aiton does not shoot threes, he shot zero threes in the playoffs. But Wiseman's on a different roster construction. Aiton doesn't need to shoot threes because this everyone else on the Sun shoots threes. Draymond kind of make mix more complicated for Wiseman. I kind of wonder if Wiseman can be used in pin-down situations, if he can up his skill level a little bit. Not just obviously setting the pin-down screen for Clay, who loves to do pin-downs himself, and Bogut would get a couple dunks off that per game back in the day, as we all remember. But maybe being the guy, and that can be a way just to use his speed and to get him moving and to get him, hey, maybe he takes that mid-range shot off the pin-down, or he's got the athleticism to sort of dive and knife in there and use his length. It just seems like they haven't found yet, you know, in the way you're talking about with Chris Paul, because Chris Paul's favorite play is that pick and roll with the big, which gives the big a job. It just seems like they haven't found any kind of comfortable lane for Wiseman to occupy yet. And it's almost hard to it's hard to assess him until they find that thing for him. Isn't the model JaVale McGee? It's an early, it's a prelim, preliminary model, yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, you don't want the model him to for this year. No, yeah, I'm saying yeah, like, yeah, if exactly. It was a package to yeah. do. That's the package. It's, it's simple. I think more 
actual pick and roll involvement. McGee, they didn't. McGee was just, I mean, I guess in four minute bursts, sometimes he would, you know, be the the screener in a pick and roll, but mostly, like Ethan said, he was just chilling in the dunker spot and eating off four Hall of Famers, by the way. I mean, he didn't only just have Clay Thompson out there, which Wiseman will get this year. He had Kevin Durant out there, too, and, and to be a, like a better Draymond Green. There's never been an easier center job from as a lob threat than JaVel McGee had on those teams. But Wiseman, I mean, again, different personnel, didn't quite get that, didn't quite get into that role. But I, I do think... But if they had Mark, yeah, Mark was thinking that... Yeah, didn't have Clay and Durant, that. which kind of changes things. But yeah, just those plays just seem to be there when you're playing with, with Steph Curry and Draymond Green, and, and it wasn't quite happening for James Wiseman. For different reasons, there's formulas for why this all happens. But I think they do want more than that from Wiseman, even next season. Because he can't shoot, he, you know, he can absolutely shoot the three, and once in a while shoot that three, once in a while space the floor. He's the same kind of runner as JaVale, and he can play for you know longer than four or five minutes at a time. And JaVale can only can only do that. So there's there's things that he can span, expand on, even if you really keep it as simple as you can. He can be at least the model should be more than JaVale. It should be JaVale plus next season. Uh, and then maybe in two seasons, you're looking at a, an eight. And I mean, I think isn't Jaron Jackson, I've always thought I'd throw Jaron Jackson out there as, as an, you know, because he does shoot the three. I definitely see more Wiseman in Jaron Jackson. It's, it's, it's a little bit more out of control at times. It's a, it's lefty, a by the way, lefty. Yeah. Lefty. Gangly shoots threes. Although Jaron Jackson shoots the threes with the right. I feel like it's like a, it's like a push shot. To be honest, I've kind of been disappointed in Jaron Jackson. I mean, like I, like he went through well, he the hurt. He meniscus he thing this year but like in the game that memphis stole from the warriors valashunas fouled out and they went to xavier tillman you know they were playing xavier tillman down the stretch and xavier and, tillman hit the shot to end the Warriors season yeah. well grayson allen also threw a few daggers in there. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. yeah i do see like to me that's more of like an actual stylistic comparison than eight you expand the model i think jaron jackson is kind of an expansion of the model and is right-handed i just looked up my bad why do i think he shoots left-handed maybe just so awkward he does some lefty things it looks lefty-ish it really does yeah i think the basic takeaway is that wiseman's got to get better as a shooter or it's going to be hard for him to to have a role i mean am i wrong thinking that it just seems like that could more efficient as a shooter i would say like I think it, we see he has the skills, but it just seems to take him so long to get to that point that everything else gets stopped while he searches for the shot. He figures out what he should do with the ball. If he just makes the decision, shoot it or move it, and then cut and screen, and then pop up again and then shoot it again, I think it, it would be much, much better for him and much better for the Warriors. It just seems like when he gets the ball, as Ethan and Marcus love on that low post, like he doesn't quite know what he's doing except for it's going up. And there's no plan in place. There's no like here. I get here, dribble there. Spin he shouldn't to be here. deciding. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's got to. I think maybe this. And when we talk about the Jokic coach, I mean, what is Jokic? Jokic is thinking. Like you see him. He's like sizing up angles and matchups and where he should dribble to get this guy to the right angle and where this pass should go. Obviously, Wiseman is not going to get to that spot, but. If there's a little bit of that decision-making is added by this guy, that would be a big thing for Wiseman. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com 
slash courtside to learn more. We've seen more of the finished product of Jokic, so we don't know how much this guy helped him, but he does seem to be like the most skilled big man ever. <laughs> and that seems to be an unfair expectation if we even think that Wiseman's going to approach it. I mean, his eyes need to open a little bit more. Like, that's the main thing. Yeah, you say. can't learn what Jokic has. <laughs> Part of the problem this year, Ethan, I mean, you've detailed, you've talked to Andrew Bogut a bunch about it, is like they they almost tried to like immediately make him like, hey, you must see everything now because we're doing dribble handoffs. You're doing all the Andrew Bogut type stuff. And it's like, let him crawl before he's sprinting, basically. <laughs> I think Bogut's pretty negative. If you've listened to his podcast on on the Wiseman trajectory, they had a recent guest name. I think Ethan Strauss. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But nobody listened to that podcast. Yeah, which episode should out, we listen to? All Ethan? the way through. Like we might have gotten a lot of people listening to it at the beginning, but it was a three hour podcast. So yeah, on the on the Rogue Bogues podcast. But I think I think Bogut's fairly, and he's not doing it for effect. I think it's just his analysis. But I don't think he's all that optimistic about the fit with Wiseman and thinks that it's basically suicide for an up high upside big to be in that offense. So it is tricky. It's tricky. And it seems like it's further complicated by the role that Draymond has. I don't know how it's all going to work out. And I remain tantalized by Wiseman's upside and his talent. And right now I'm watching some clips of him as I talk and I think, Oh man, in the right situation, he could really help a team and really flourish. But it's a high leverage swing point for the organization. So I understand why they're shaking up the coaching staff because this is huge. It's huge. You know what else is a high leverage swing point? Next Tuesday night. All right. Bum, there bum, we go. Bum. There's my segue. Uh, <laughs> lottery. What are we looking for? Warriors are going to end up 14. I think we can mostly bet on that. What what you think there's drama in in the Minneapolis pick? 27% chance is a pretty big chunk of a chance that they don't have the pick this season and then that changes a few things for them this summer, right? Like that to me that opens up a roster spot so that you can add an extra veteran at the minimum. As we learned this past season, I think roster spots are valuable. You don't want to just waste them. That does give them a bit more freedom to try to build out a rotation to win next season but you don't get the asset you don't get the pick that we assume you know for a while was maybe going to be four or five now at this point is a i think nine percent chance it's four most likely it's going to be somewhere around seven or eight you probably want it conveyed this season but then you know that pressure's on to either draft well at, at 7, 8, and 14 and find prospects really that can help right away or which i assume they will just like explore what some of these assets could get you in a trade one of them both of them a whole package along with wiseman whatever but we will know a lot more tuesday because we'll finally know their actual positioning what are the chances they you know got this dude here the serbian barkley he probably spent the pretty penny to get him right if he's so coveted and then you trade his project <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oops where, what, where was he this season slater uh he was just oh, uh, overseas i mean let me see if i can get the exact name uh, gosh, I cannot. KK Budukon. Cannot. <laughs> Pronounced Budukon. Cheap trick. Bu- tree, cheap Bu-Kanon. trick played there once. Okay, okay, we got it. He, you can look it up. <laughs> I, I want. I want Slater to try again. Though. Oh my! I want everyone to try this one. This one isn't Budukonst. Budukonst Voli head coach. That's what he was. I would say this. Wiseman is his project, but they do believe this guy is a very good developmental coach. Like. 
into the future. Like this isn't just a pure like he's just here for Wiseman. If Wiseman's gone, there's no reason for him. That type of thing. No, you know who could probably benefit too from him is Draymond. If you go in small ball five, and if you want Draymond to be more offensive, it could probably help if he could get a bucket like when he's got one guy on him. So I do think that that there could be some value there. By the way, Budiknast, Budiknast. I'm sure I'm not saying it right. Translates to the future. Hmm. Ah, ah, that's yeah. deep right there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's Smiley Gage. Smiley Gage is the future. We've been doing all season, all season, but nothing. No, Ethan, not not the Ethan level. Ethan level uh, film study. Yeah, I haven't because I tried my damnedest during the pandemic, and I feel like my observations he had is no like correlation. Forever. He's uh, done. Like on. Killian Hayes has I killed know. him. Come like, jeez. Now, I still have hope for Killian, especially after Cameron Payne really showed out in the postseason. There you go. There you uh, because go. I said I was worried that Killian would become the uh, the French Cameron Payne. But now I look at the situation and go, hey, you know, you could become the American. Uh, the, the American Cameron Payne is pretty good. So I still have hope for Killian Hayes. But, yeah, I think just it's a testament to what a lot of the scouts are able to do for them to be able to just watch how a guy plays and, and project it because it seems to correlate less and less to the statistical output, which is typically, I think how you could get a jump on the competition. You could red flag guys. You didn't produce certain stats. I mean, one of the easiest ways to do it was how if your stealer block rate was low, we could write you off. You weren't athletic enough. If at the college level, you weren't getting blocks and steals, you're screwed, you're done, you're not going to be good. But I think what's happened in the NBA is that shooting is such a commodity that you're now seeing some of these guys succeed despite that. And that's that's one of the ways they can really come through. And so that's complicated the picture. And in general, it just seems like it's more about eye test scouting than necessarily going off the stats. And at that point, you know, I, I'm not watching enough of these games to make those calls. I could boil that down. If you can't shoot and you're six foot seven or under, you're going to have a real issue in the NBA. Like who who is that anymore? Like I mean, there were guys who could could not shoot who had good careers, <laughs> and that was in the past. You know, Draymond is you know. There's a few others like that who excel at so many other things. But if you're a guard, let's just say, and you can't shoot, Killian Hayes really struggled. That's going to be tough for you. It's just going to be really tough for you in this league right now. If you in a, and even if you can't shoot the three, it's just the three is at least if you're not a threat, it's really hard to project anybody. You got to be six foot nine or, or taller, and even then, if you're if it's six nine or taller, and you can't shoot. There's going to be some issues there too. So I think that it just this league stratifies more and more towards shooting, 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 and if you can't. You know, I'm looking at the Jazz and like Royce O'Neal isn't one of, you know, I'm looking like he's the guy you leave open and he hits big threes. Like, yeah, he, everybody he, he got a shot. He could, yeah, he, yeah. he used to be, not he, be able he, to shoot. Exactly. And, you know, Marcus Morris is the guy getting the shots for, for the Clippers at the end and he's got to make these shots. It's just become so, so, so separated that shooting is the, is the trait you must have at least at some basic level. And if you don't and you have other skills, you can be Killian Hayes, and I don't. I mean, there's other guys, but that's the one I'm thinking of. Chris Dunn, you know, there's like there's another pretty talented player, right? I mean, top five pick, and it's kind of hard to find places for the Hawks to play him. It's an interesting way this is working, and and I just like it's it's never been more than now. Where if you can't shoot, man, teams are, are having a hard time trying to play you. 
Royce O'Neal, former Warriors Summer League player. Oh, wow. Oh, George Niang, nice former player. Santa Cruz uh, Warriors. Niang, I remember. Joe well, Ingles, yeah. former Warriors yes, Summer League player. Yeah. Niang, Niang, who's had a very nice season, is not exactly covering, covering himself Slightly glory in this, weak in spot playoffs. there in the Jazz. You know, slight weak spot, George Niang. If I'm going to take any lesson from Ethan's uh, studies, which I read very carefully last season, it's that Man, if you if there's a shooting question mark on you, it's going to be tough. It's going it's just it's going to be a hard thing to say. And you know, and some guys don't with have the exception. Huge, yeah, don't with have the exception of Lamelo, with the exception of yeah, exactly. Lamello. I mean, there there are there are some absolutely, and and you're gonna have to test that out. But that's what makes Justinian Jessup interesting, right? I mean, like he can shoot. We don't know if he can play in the NBA. We don't know if he can play in you know the G League. We have no idea. But and I guess I heard that his his percentages declined at the end of the season there in the ABL. Ethan, were you monitoring that? Yeah, that's not good. Up. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Summer league will be interesting for him. We're gonna, you know, it sounds like there he's very likely gonna be over for summer league, and that's kind of gonna be his tryout. You don't want to bring him to camp if you don't think he's gonna make the roster because then you lose like draft rights, all that. So he'd probably stay over if he doesn't. Well, number one, it depends on how the roster shakes out and if they feel like they have an opening. And that's, you know, as we talk about lottery night, you know, maybe that's the Justinian Jessup open roster spot if you don't get the Minnesota pick. Is there any drama on that, that like, that interests you guys at all? I mean, I mean, obviously, you'd be curious. You get, one to up, uh... <laughs> get one or two. Get one or two. So 9.6% chance it's at four. What if the Warriors hit that lottery? What if they get four with the Minnesota pick? Who do you guys have your eye on? I like Kaminga just because yeah. Yeah, he's bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes uh, sense. You know, I think you know he can play three, four, and, and that's what they need. Again, I've only seen really little bit of it, and I think Jalen Green might be like. Isn't he considered slightly higher upside to Jalen Green? Yeah, I think he'd go higher. He's, he'd be top three, right? Jalen Green is like a scorer. Just yeah, a exactly. Scorer. And Kaminga just seems to me like a more complete player who does have a jump shot. You know, I think there's some of these guys like the Stanford guys, Ayer Williamson. Like, does he have a jump shot? I don't know. Like, there's some guys I don't know. I think Kaminga has a jump shot. And certainly at 19, I could see Kaminga being a guy that Warriors can play at the back end of the rotation. I'm not sure I can see that with some of these other guys. And other than that, I'd want an older college player if I'm them. You know, that's where you see the Davian Mitchells and you see the, you know, the Corey Kisperts and you see like some of these 20, 21 year olds have a far better chance, obviously, of contributing to the Warriors than these 19, you know, 19 year olds. Kaminga's the obvious fit but Jalen Green is very very interesting to me just because of the high upside I think he'll be top three I don't think he makes it out what if it's four and Jalen Green does jump in the top three and Jalen Green Mobley and Cunningham go do you take Jalen Sugg Uh, I I would I would I don't think he's gonna last that long though so then you're saying, well, this is interesting well, somebody's too. Mobley's drop, available yeah. at four. You know, you already have one. That would be that would be Mobley would be the interesting yeah. one. Yes, yeah, that, that would, would be, be thoroughly interesting if Mobley <laughs> drops. If Mobley's there, you take him and you trade either that either you trade Mobley, you trade Wiseman, one of the two, and that's a good that's a good decision. I mean, that's a good problem to have uh, because Mobley's a really good player. Green is interesting because there's a Steph connection there. He's worked with uh, Steph and Brandon Payne, local, which is also intriguing. Although mm, you can push out the bounds of local a little bit. I was about to say, yeah. Uh, But yeah. (laughs) Close enough. Close enough. We're talking Northern California, Bay Area. So 
I think those are some interesting dynamics that we've never seen with a draft pick. And I know that's not pertinent to which guy will help them the most, but just from uh, how he would potentially resonate if he really pops, just to get to get a high upside draft pick, a guy who could turn into a superstar who's also from the region, that's pretty unusual right there. I mean, so he's from Fresno, one. right? But he played at Napa. But he did a he did a prep school year in Napa. He's from Fresno. Yeah, and then Merced at some point. I mean, it's uh, you know, maybe I'm stretching it. I don't know. Little, but to little, me, little. he's been a guy where people have wondered about the maturity, but they've said the talent is insane. And if you just watch the way he moves and how he plays, the skill level is uh, it's it's impressive. I'm looking at the G League, about 18 points a game on 13.6 shots in those 15 G League games. Yeah, the guy's got offensive talent. I've got to run. I've got to go. On the way out, let's get your prediction. What are what are the Warriors walking out of lottery night with? What are they picking? Oh, uh, I don't know why. I just want to get everyone. To get. I don't know, dude. I can't. I can't, can't he just got to go. He's got to go. We've got another podcast. Uh, they're getting a, a number number one and a number four pick. That's my prediction. Seven and uh, fourteen. They're going to go seven and fourteen. It's gonna be right down the money, right down. The he money. said number one, number one. <laughs> It'd be something like that. Yeah, they go to they get to seven, six, five. No Warriors. If you've been studying the TV ratings like I have, and I assume Adam Silver has, I don't know those those envelopes might get chilly. That's all one I'm saying. And four, they just get one and four. If the Warriors logo does not come up at seven and six, like there could be either one, two, or three, one, two, three, or four, or not at all. Like, it's going to be down to the number, to whether they even have the pick. That is going to be dramatic. I'm picturing Adam Silver, like, shaking his fingers. Like, that gave me frostbite, just shaking him. <laughs> Does it work? Like, if the Warriors do snag the pick, do they then put the logo as the Warriors? Or would they yes. still pull Wolves at six? No, even they, though they used to do that. The old logo. They, they'll they put, say Warriors. They put, yeah, yeah, they'll say Warriors. So they literally, I'm, I'm just thinking this through for the first time. If their logo does not come up as six or seven, then... We're not going to know whether it conveys or not, or they get one, two, three, or four. Like, it could be either one. So it comes down to one or two. It could be Warriors are going to be one or two, or they're going to get nothing. Uh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Well, no, the Warriors logo is going to come up at 14. So we'll know they didn't get their own. No, but I'm it. saying the other one, the other one. Like, the we're not going to yes. know the result of it, even if it doesn't come up at six or seven, because it could come up at... 14 is the only way it could come up at 1, 2, 3. You're correct. Yeah. So it, it will come up at 4. So the, the drama will be, there's a logo coming in at 4. If it doesn't come up at 4, they don't have the pick. If it hasn't come up by 4, that is it. The four, the pulling of the 4th envelope would I be... I was converging game. the 2 at the same time. My bad. Yeah. Which will be, that'll be drama. Though. <laughs> you know, if he's pulling the envelope at 4 and you don't know what the logo I just found out what the drama is. That That's where it is, right there. So, Or they could not come up at 14. And then that'll be something. They don't come up at 14. That would be, you know... That would be pretty amazing for them. <laughs> that changes everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine the conversation we'd be having next week if if they hopped into Cade Cunningham range? Yeah, like, they get they, they're two. The Warriors are at two and seven in this draft. Would be for them in this draft would be something. So we'll see. I'll say they get six and fourteen, and then they trade up to number five. Boom. No, well, Boom. Yeah, but that would take what? That would take the other pick and something. Yeah, fourteen to yeah. six. Move up. 
like the NFL draft. Maybe just move on up. <laughs> I'm curious what like seven and fourteen, if that could get you. What up it gets you? Yeah. It yeah. depends on what teams are up there, and if there's a team that's sitting there like, well, we don't really like Kaminga. You know, it depends on their scouting. If it's like, hey, look, we don't really like Kaminga, we can hop back at Davion Mitchell and you know Corey Kispert or so, you know, whatever. So that'll depend. And who would the Warriors be doing that? They'd be doing it for Kaminga, you think? Who who would they? Spot I mean, like? you clearly would be doing that for one of those top five. Yeah, for one of the top five. Yeah. You know, we just went through this with Shanahan. Whichever one falls, just do it now. <laughs> whichever one falls, see. <laughs> or, would they do it for Mobley? I mean, say like, I don't know if they want to do that for Mobley, just because it would mean you know. Again, it, it's not a bad problem to have if you're sitting there. But would you move up to do it? Because then you'd have Mobley and Wiseman, and you've just moved up to do it. You give up two picks. It would to be get a, part of like a series of moves. Yes, assume, it, would ha- it would have to be. I, I just think it would be. It would just make more sense if they do it for Kaminga and. Uh, yeah, or Jalen, like if they feel like yeah, Jalen yeah. falls, yeah, you you'll get one of the Jalens or Kaminga, <laughs> right? Like move up to five. You figure you 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 got a good chance of landing one of those. You got to do it right on the pick. I think I think you do. Just, just oh yeah, just no so question. You know I mean, you get, you'll see the three. Yeah, I mean, you especially need, if Mobley goes top three. Like now, you know, one of those guys are going to be at five, and it's just it's just it's just a cheaper route <laughs> instead of having two lottery picks on your. On your books, you got one that you really love. So, but you better really like it. You better really better be good because you're giving up two shots at it. But I understand it. I understand it. Take us out, Marcus. I thought you had your picks. Yeah, you, you pressured people for picks, and you you don't have any yourself. Come on, eight man. and fourteen. Eight and fourteen, and you really went all out on that one. <laughs> that that only gets you up to six, though. That that can't get you up to to five. No, just, just keep them. <laughs> just keep them. You know what might be the move is like you know you pick it whatever seven eight and then. You could probably get like a decent, helpful veteran for just fourteen. You know, you just give fourteen to I don't know whatever team, and you get. Would you give fourteen to Orlando for Terrence Ross, and suddenly you got a shooter? Um, oh, not no. my favorite guy. No, not Terrence my Ross. <laughs> not my favorite. I'd want somebody who uh, isn't thirty-five. Or how old is Terrence? <laughs> how old is Terrence? I'd, I'd, I'd want somebody a little bigger and a little more versatile than Terrence Ross, but we'll see. I just want somebody younger. Uh, he's thirty. Yeah, he's not, not he's old. not that old, but he's he's not he's not a great player. Uh, I mean, not even a, a particularly useful player. I don't think for them because they just get destroyed on defense. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, Drop a fifty though. Give buckets off. He give you buckets off the bench. There's maneuverability. That's all with those picks. All right, we are out of here until next time. Good, good pod, fellas. Good to be with you again. Cheers. Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I have a great night.